huge upset in Monte Carlo, the number one seed, Novak Djokovic, world number one. He's finally made his return to Monte Carlo, but he loses in the first round to the very talented Davidic Fakina. It was a very, very interesting match. 27 winners and 51 unforced errors for Novak Djokovic. 37 winners and 34 unforced errors for Davidic Fakina. I mean, it pretty much is a testament to kind of how Djokovic played today. It was his first match back in a very long time. Of course, he's only played three or four matches this year so far as well. He was very rusty. I, I think, let's be honest, he plays his best tennis and, you know, he, he would have come through this most likely. But to hit almost double the amount of unforced errors, I think, says it all. We'll quickly break down this match, post-match. And then also look as well towards some of the other uh, matches as well. Derek Fakina, though, the biggest win of his career, no doubt. And it's a big, big shame because Novak Djokovic, I think, you know, everyone was so excited to see him in Monte Carlo. He's now living in Monte Carlo. It's his adopted home. Like his whole family was watching him. Yes, he's been practicing a lot. And a lot of people thought, look, he's not going to be too affected. Now, I don't think he'll be too affected come Roland Garros. I think he'll be pretty much at top form as long as he stays fit. But the first match or two, he would look rusty. And that's exactly what happened. And he came up against someone in Davidic Fakina who played some inspired tennis. He's been in... It well, has been in some very good form as well. Uh, I think, you know, being Marcus Giron really impressively in the first round, he was able to utilize the conditions nicely. And the fact that it was such windy conditions as well today, I think wouldn't have helped Djokovic uh, just ease him back kind of into competitive match play. So that would have been a little bit difficult to handle as well. Whereas Davidic Fakina has already been on the court, he's been playing, he's kind of used to it, if that makes sense. And he is such a physical specimen and the physicality of his game is really impressive to watch. And, uh, you know, he actually managed to wear down Djokovic come the third set. Now, a lot of that will be down to, of course, match fitness. But I think also we have to give some credit to Davidic Fakina in terms of his just raw physicality. And, of course, a lot of people look at that in Nadal, right, when he plays and not as maybe as much anymore. It's still there, but definitely when he was younger and Davidic Fakina being Spanish, there's similarities there, of course. He's only 23 years of age as well. So he is, uh, sorry, 22 even. And over the last year or so, I've kind of said he is pretty solid, but he doesn't necessarily excel in anything for me. But at the time, he was only 20 years of age. And I think I maybe forgot that. And looking at him now at 22 years of age, he actually has got weapons. The forehand is impressive. The backhand is solid. The serve can be worked on, but at times he's able to hit his spots, which is great. Uh, returning's good. And his ability to track down short balls, especially the drop shot, is really impressive. I think he's one of the quickest players on tour. But look, let's just give applause to Davic Fakina and also commiserations to Djokovic fans and also to Djokovic in general because everyone wants to see the best players progress and I think look a Djokovic Alcaraz quarterfinal was an incredible projected tie that everyone wanted to see it was so so exciting we didn't manage to see it but it is what it is right it is what it is so we'll see we'll see now how the rest of the tournament goes of course a huge huge loss for the tournament uh, but for Djokovic it would have just been good to get back onto court get back into match play. He'll be back. Uh, I'd imagine 
I'm not sure if he's playing Barcelona actually, but I would imagine he will try to play Barcelona. You'd imagine. We will see. We'll see. But especially coming out of the first round here, surely he'd want to play that. But who knows? In terms of uh, tactics and how the match went, Djokovic, I mean, we can start with him first. Just wasn't able to dictate in rallies like he would like to. The depth wasn't really there for large parts of the match. Yes, we saw the trademark depth. And that is, for me, the biggest, biggest plus of Djokovic's game. What really just makes him stand out from the rest even the Djokovic, even the Federer and Nadal's even, I think out of everyone that I've ever watched play tennis, in general, he hits the ball deeper than anyone else. And that means, for one, he will get free points, or, well, quote-unquote free points, because a lot of people make errors, right, from those shots. If you keep on hammering away, right, with depth, and these aren't moon balls that he's sending up into the atmosphere, these are you know, solid, solid, solid ground strokes at angles, you know, very, very intelligently placed. And it does break down opponents. They make mistakes. They go wide, they go long, they go into the net. They try and go for too much because they, you know, they don't want to stick with Novak for that long. He didn't have that consistency to his game. And I think consistency is the right word for really his whole game. And I think if he's not consistent then it's very, very hard for him to just find the spark and say, yeah, okay, like I can just hit winners left, right, center. He's not really that type of player. He can turn it on like that, of course, at times. But I think for him, he was trying to find rhythm. And I think he just struggled to a little bit. Of course, the drop shot was a big thing for me that he kept on trying to utilize throughout the whole match. And it just wasn't quite working. And I can see why he was using it because last year in the clay court swing it was a fantastic weapon that he managed to effectively use throughout and i don't think there's anything wrong with him playing i think at times maybe the selection was incorrect in terms of he was trying to go for drop shots in just wrong moments uh you know when he was way too far back behind the baseline or the angle wasn't quite there you know the ball wasn't quite in the right position and he maybe overplayed it a little bit for me uh, but in terms of generally playing it, I think he should be because it's a fantastic weapon that he has honed for many years. He's just, he's rusty, right? His first game back for a very long time. Uh, also the serving, I mean, five double faults, only the one ace as well, which you would expect, you know, from Djokovic to maybe not be as as bad behind his serve as well. First serve points, one at 55%. Now, Novak has been one of the biggest proponents for winning points behind your first serve. I mean, 55% of first serve points won is not really good enough at all. It's not, well, let's be honest, it's not good enough. So uh, in fact, let me bring up the stats while I talk. So I just think generally for Djokovic, it was, a, you know, it would be a forgettable match, of course. And I think he'll look at it and just say, okay, look, it happened, but not the end of the world. So um, in fact, let me just bring up that as well so yeah i think all in all though for novak it's not any reason to panic if you're a Djokovic fan he just he was rusty on the day and and that happens but the amount of unforced errors again comes from he wasn't he was a bit non-committal in a lot of the ground strokes as well wasn't quite committed it's almost like he didn't want to make errors but in not wanting to make errors by not committing to your ground strokes he made errors right because you're kind of half in half out he wasn't 
for example, hitting the loopy ground strokes deep with, you know, almost almost lobbed up ground strokes. And he also wasn't quite hitting through the ball either and through the court uh, with a lot heavy top spin with uh, the velocity that you'd expect on his ground strokes. He's not always the one shot winner uh, type of player. He's not. He will break you down in two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shots, right? And that that happens. But you need to have enough pop on your shots. And he didn't quite have that. And they showed a stat, and I think in terms of forehand speeds, I think he was around the 70-mile-per-hour mark, whereas Derek Fakina was around the 80-mile-per-hour mark. And in terms of average topspin, I mean, Derek Fakina was hitting the forehand, for example, with a lot more topspin than uh, Novak Djokovic. So I think that kind of sums up the backhand was good at times, and it's always such a solid weapon, but just wasn't able to, again dictate with it as much as he'd like it wasn't as consistent and reliable as it ha- as it normally is so it just it was he was fighting a losing battle for a lot of it in terms of you know how it went as well I mean he lost the first set and I haven't even said the scoreline so I should probably say that uh, so he ended up of course losing 6-3 sorry 3-6 7-6 1-6 uh, so Rakina, I mean won the first set really well I think in two, two breaks of seven he just thought okay look no, Novak's really rusty, but in the second set, he'll come back and play some better tennis, and he did. But in saying that, Davidic Fakina had a break in that second set. He was 4-2 up, and he choked a little bit. He did choke. Uh, there were three double faults in a row. He then dived. I don't know what is up with him in diving, because he dived, and then basically he he scratched his knee and his, his, his hand. It was like, what are you doing? Had to get a medical timeout. For, and he died basically for a ball that he was never going to get. And it was just it was just really, really silly. Um, and then after that, you just thought, why are you doing this? It's just crazy, absolutely crazy. Uh, and, and then they thought, okay, surely he's not going to do it again. Uh, he came back by, so at 4 all, he brought it back to 4 all, but then he got broken again, 5-4. Then he broke Novak Djokovic back, took it to a tiebreaker, had opportunities in the tiebreaker. He was 4-2 up in the tiebreaker, lost the tiebreaker 7-5. Then we go into the third set and he just managed to steamroll Djokovic. Uh, 6-1, he breadsticked him in the end. But it was a, a very, very interesting match, to say the, the least. Um, Darish Fakina definitely mentally showed a lot of strength, I thought, personally, which is great to see. Uh, the forehand, as I said, is definitely a weapon. Uh, it has some ridiculous wheels on it at times. I mean, the amount of power he manages to generate off that forehand is fantastic. It really is, and it's great to see. And then off the backhand side as well, there are some fantastic winners where Djokovic was trying to come to the net and, and kind of finish off the point at the net or serve on volley. And he just said, thank you very much. I'm going to hit a backhand winner, uh, especially down the line as well. Really, really impressive. He's got very, very strong physically. And the way that he was tracking down the drop shots, just left, right and center, was really, really impressive as well. Yes, at times Djokovic wasn't utilizing it correctly, uh, but at other times Actually, Darius Fakina was still winning the point, but that's just because his just fitness level and ability to track down balls was incredible. It really was, and the speed off the baseline uh, and, I guess, awareness as well of when Djokovic is going to play it. And at times, he was able to outmaneuver Djokovic in rallies, so that was what was the most impressive. Uh, he, I know, was a decorated junior that we were discussing as well, and you just wonder, he is he going to be one of the other players to join the young crop coming through. I'm not going to base it just on this match. I think, you know, he has had some good wins in the past, but he'll need to go deep in one of these tournaments this year. 
uh, at least one of them to kind of prove that. But there's, he definitely has the ingredients for sure. He has the base. As I said, there's not a huge amount he needs to work on in terms of wholesale changes. I think his serve is definitely something he can work on to beef up. Um, and decision-making as well. The diving needs to stop. I mean, he got injured and then he dived again, which is just crazy to me. But, you know, that is what it is. I think it's just a bit of naivete even uh, from being so young. I'll quickly go through the stats and then we'll wrap it up. So you can see here, one ace for Djokovic, none for Dalic Rukina, five double faults each. First serve percentage, 61% for Novak, 71% for ADF. First serve points, one. Now, this, that's the big difference at 65% as well. I mean, he was just better behind the first serve, to be fair to him. And the amount of first serves he made was impressive. Second serve points, one around the same for both. Djokovic just edging that. But yeah, I mean, on the clay, you expect a higher proportion of second serve points to be won just because... Well, sorry, you don't actually. You expect it to be the opposite, really. It depends on who's the baseline and who's able to have the more, more consistent ground strokes from the back of the court to be perfectly honest with you to be fair and then break points saved you can see a 55 percent for novak so he had to save 20 break points if he was to kind of go and win um or well to come out unscathed even and for adf 11 so interesting there but save seven out of 11 Djokovic 11 out of 20 uh, his first serve return points one you can see there um yeah it was, just, it was an interesting game it was a very very interesting game uh, and match even sorry but in the end, we have to say goodbye to Novak Djokovic, and it's a huge shame. It really, really is. I was just, I was really hoping we were going to see the Alcaraz Djokovic tie a match, and I was, by that time as well, Djokovic would have been warmed up, right, as well. So it would have been great to see, but uh, alas, it wasn't to be. So we will get uh, a different quarterfinal. Uh, and who knows, Alcaraz still has to make his way through quarter tomorrow, which will be an interesting one. So uh, some fantastic matchups. Thanks very much, guys, for tuning in. Do appreciate it. Let me know as well what your thoughts are. Are you super surprised? I am a little bit surprised, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought, yes, he may look rusty, but I thought, especially after winning the second set, he'd come on strong. But instead, he went the opposite way. He actually withered away a little bit just because of match practice, you'd imagine, and, and kind of match fitness. Uh, which you don't normally associate with Djokovic, right? Because he's just a machine for the most part. Uh, but for ADF, uh, you know, a good win for him, especially the breadstick and managed to mentally hold it together for the most part after missing some crucial opportunities to seal the deal early on in the match. Guys, as well, please remember to smash the like button and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. It really does help us out. And of course, you, you can subscribe. And if you don't like the channel, uh, after watching a few more videos, then unsubscribe. Easy easy peasy and click the notification bell as well to get alerted to all the new videos uh on top of that we of course do have a discord channel do check it out link in the description of this video and we're also on instagram and twitter we're also on all podcast platforms as well if you want to check us out on there uh, so spotify apple Podcasts, etc and lastly we do have a separate channel specifically for football called quality shot football if you are interested in football and you're massive and you are a fan and you're interested in content then do check out uh, that channel it is uh, again the link is in the description to this video and also not just in the in the uh, description to this video but if you go on to our channel uh this channel it will be on there as well as uh associated channels so we've just started out the first podcast out so yeah, do check it out again on all podcast platforms as well. Thanks very much, guys. Stay safe and well, and we'll see you on the next video. Hopefully, we're doing some live streams this week as well, but more of these post-match reviews as well. Stay safe.